Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow. Grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Around from 1 to 4 every day, and you can hear the podcast after 4 o'clock. It's the entire show. And uh, go to iHeart, the iHeartRadio app, and it's called John and Ken On Demand. Yeah, in about 15 minutes, another keyword will be revealed for your chance at $1,000 in the KFI Cash Refill Contest. We have talked for years about California wanting to impose a mileage tax on drivers. So I did like a little Google search. I just wanted to read you one quick thing from the Mercury News up in the San Jose area. Their transportation guy takes questions from readers. Here's from Jim Spinello from Alamo, California. The mileage tax has been around a while. I was one of 5,000 volunteers in a 2018 six-month study called the California Road Charge Pilot Program. It was outstanding. It covered different options to register your mileage and also had different options to pay. What happened to the final report to the legislature? It was great. That's a real person writing to the... Do you think that's an operative? Doesn't it sound like it? It's signed Jim Spinello from Alamo. Yeah, there probably is no Jim Spinello in Alamo. It was was great. A mileage tax? A mileage tax. No, that was uh, a staffer from one of these uh, progressive uh, state senators. Well, it's the idea that won't go away. We're going to bring on Carl DeMaio from Reform California and Kogo Radio to talk about where this is currently in Sacramento. Carl, how are you? Hey guys, how you doing? You have something down there which we have in uh, in our area, a regional transportation agency, San Diego yeah, County. And, yeah, no, it's called Sandag. Sandag, and, and let me just start out with a little complaint. Uh, you see, you guys did such a great job uh, exposing a guy named Hassan Akrata up in Los Angeles for his crazy left wing nonsense uh, that he lost his job in L.A. But we then turned around and hired him down here. So thanks a lot, yeah. guys, for sending hey, us, uh, sending the us communist, the Yeah, the communist road diet guy, right? <laughs> yes. 
yes. And, and so anyway, we, we are dealing with an agency that's out of control. They, 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 they never want to fix roads. They've lied. They've cheated. They've stolen money for road repairs. Um, they want to put money into transit and bike lanes, empty buses. Now they've come along with a mileage tax, six cents per mile, uh, which would be $900 per driver on top of the gas tax, on top of the, uh, the, the, the car tax each year. Um, and what, what happened is every driver with a registered car in the county would have to submit their mileage every year. And they're actually saying that there would be an audit at the smog check um, and that you would then be taxed six cents per mile uh, again, that's about $900 for a 15,000-mile commuter each year, which is about the average for the average car. A lot of people, though, are much higher than that, particularly low-income people who have to you know, live farther away for affordable housing. So that's extra money going in the hands of government not to fix roads. This is, inc- this is insane. And, and, and for those of you in L.A. thinking, oh, this is just a San Diego issue, no, as, as you just mentioned, this is a proposal – that these leftists, these Democrat politicians are looking forward to statewide. Um, They want San Diego to do the pilot first, and then once San Diego does it for the first year, they're going to expand it to California statewide. And even Joe Biden put a mileage tax pilot project in his federal budget and got the Democrats in this last Congress to actually approve it. So we now have a mileage tax effort going on at the local level, the state level, and the federal level, and we're trying to kill it. No, they're thinking about replacing the gas tax with the mileage tax? This would be separate. No, no, this is on top of it. No, no, they, you know, these people will never give you uh, any tax relief. So it's not like, <laughs> oh, we're going to go from one thing to the other and you get a discount or a rebate. No, this is on top of the highest gas tax in the country, on top of the highest car tax in the country. Um, and you know, what they say is, well, we need it because people are, being, are becoming more fuel efficient. No, that is a lie. If you take a look at what's happening is they're not using existing gas tax money or car tax money to fix roads. They've been stealing that money all along. So when they say we need the money for the roads, they're lying. And then secondly, secondly, if you take a look at um, the the, the uh, philosophy behind the mileage tax, it's contained in the Sandag Regional Transporta- Transportation Plan, even in Caltrans' own um, studies on this thing. What they're saying is that by imposing a mileage tax, their goal is to increase – and this is, this is their words – to increase, quote, the pain and cost of driving. Oh. The pain and cost of driving. Now they're being what honest. What they're trying to say is – a mileage tax is designed to get you out of your car and to use the unsafe, uh, smelly uh, bus uh, that, that's not convenient. Oh, my God. And, and look, I mean, the buses up here and, uh, is going to uh, do that. The buses up here in Los Angeles are rolling sewers. They're filled yeah. with yeah. homeless people. They're mental institutions who are, on wheels. Yeah. yeah, they're defecating and urinating and vomiting and leaving all their body fluids all over the bus or all over the train car. No, but yeah. nobody no one, normal no one gets in, in right these. Mind. Yeah, exactly. And so what, what, what they're saying is it's not just a revenue grab. It's, it's a climate change behavior modification oh, effort. And, and my response is you people have lied to us repeatedly every year. You've never wanted to fix our roads. You've taken our money, given us congestion, and you're laughing about it because you're saying, well, you know, these people shouldn't be driving cars anyway. So eventually the pain will be enough to well, get them out of their car. Because the climate change scam 
is to emotionally manipulate people, make them feel guilty, make them feel that they should be compliant and go along with what the central government wants, which is control. The central government, just like in any communist country, wants control. But you have to get people compliant. How you do that? Make them feel bad. Shame them. Emotionally manipulate them. And it's working on people. Yeah. Sadly, uh, too many of them are. But I'm finding that this mileage tax proposal is a bridge too far, no pun intended. Uh, We got Democrats that don't like it. Independents and Republicans don't like it. I think a lot of people in Los Angeles and Orange County are going to say absolutely not. It doesn't matter what political party you're from. This is just a bad proposal. So we need to organize the grassroots campaign to put pressure on the politicians to stop this. And in fact, in San Diego County, because we've been doing this, organizing on the ground and getting people to speak out against these uh, proposals, we've actually had Democrat politicians either lose election, get recalled from office. We've done two recalls so far in uh, San Diego based on the mileage tax and been successful. And then we also are seeing Democrat politicians in office saying, well, maybe now is not a good time. Um, So we're asking people to sign uh, online the petition to register your opposition at stopthemileagetax.com. That's stopthemileagetax.com, stopthemileagetax.com. All right, uh, Carl. And that's uh, anybody can uh, sign on this petition? Anybody can because we know that this idea is not just San Diego. This is going to happen in L.A., Orange County, Ventura, no matter where you are, Inland Empire, it is going to happen in your area. And so what we need to do is get all of these board of supervisors and city councils to basically go on record now saying that they do not support a mileage tax. And then we also need to make, make the, uh, the, 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 the word heard in Sacramento because that's the last stop is they would go to the legislature and say, well, we can't do this at the local level, but let's just cram it down their throats through the legislature. Yeah. So we know that that day is coming. StopTheMileageTax.com is where you need to go and share it with all your friends. Let's get a lot of people to add their name. All right, Carl. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Uh, Carl DeMaio from Reform California, also a host on Colgo Radio in San Diego, and StopTheMileageTax.com is their latest effort. Let's not forget the other player in this, the California Air Resources Board. They have been looking for a long time to get people to drive their well, gas-powered cars less. This would be another tool well, they would use. We're, we, we don't have a normal American system of government here in California. It is unlike the other 49 states. What we have is much closer to a Russian or Chinese form of communist government. And you're not gonna, it's not going to sink into your head until it's too late. They're doing this drip by drip, day by day. They're slowly tightening the noose around our necks. And every few weeks, there's another idea and another idea and another idea. And while this idea has been around for a number of years, what blocked it at the state level is we used to have a less than two-thirds Democratic majority. And you couldn't pass a tax increase unless the majority for the increase was two-thirds. Well, now the Democrats have had more than two-thirds for a while. And they've been able to pass tax increases and all kinds of nonsense. And what you need is a second party who gets at least 35% of the seats to block them from doing stupid stuff like this. 
All right, coming up next, your chance at some money. That's right, California, California, KFI's <laughs> cash refill contest. Uh, listen for the keyword, John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. StopTheMileageTax.com. We just talked to uh, Carl DeMaio from Reform California. That's their latest campaign, as it looks like. There's an effort in Sacramento and from the California Air Resources Board and from some San Diego officials to move forward. With a mileage tax, San Diego County might be the pilot county where I just read in a column by Jim Desmond, who's a supervisor down there, 3% of San Diego travelers use mass transit, 3%. This is, and this is what they want to use the money for, to build a mass transit system. This is a ridiculous fight that we're having all over Southern California, certainly in, in L.A. County, is you have a very, very tiny percentage of the public using uh, the trains and the buses. And most of those are wackos. I mean, they're, they're, they're psychotics, mentally ill. They're drug addicted. They're the homeless. And, and that's a big percentage of the users. And then you have the very, very poor and just, and just the weirdos, the functioning weirdos. I mean, there's nobody I've ever met living out here all these years. Nobody I know who regularly took a bus or a train Anywhere, for any no, reason. Me Nobody. So I know this, and I, well, I actually look at the buses going by. I, I take uh, just to get to the bagel shop every morning. There are a lot of buses that go down Wilshire Boulevard, and they stop at lights, and they stop in front of the shops. And I stand and I look to see who's in there, and it's 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 frightening. If if there's anyone in there at all, it's often empty. So there's no point in spending another dollar on the entire public transit system in this county or in San Diego County, or in Orange County. Ridership is down, in some cases, to 1980s levels. It is it is filthy. It is dangerous. It is sick. It is a, a rolling mental institution. It's a, it's a rolling psych ward. And enough is enough. And so stop. When Next time they put a tax on the ballot, don't get manipulated psychologically. It's like, well, we have to do our part for the environment and support mass transit projects. You're not taking them. No one in your family, nobody on your block, nobody at your church, nobody's taking them except the psychotics and the mentally uh, ill and, and, and the drug addicts. That's it. Those are the only people taking it. Yeah, because the last regular people that were using mass transit stopped during the pandemic. That's why the used car market just exploded. People are like, I'm not getting on those trains and buses now. Oh. Not only could I catch COVID, I could uh, catch somebody dropping his pants. And uh, drop it a loaf. People, I don't want to go. With it. People will will buy a car if, if, even if it's five hundred dollars. Yeah, whatever they have to do, I mean, they'll they'll do Skip it. Skip the insurance and hope they're not going to sure. get caught. Put <laughs> fake plates on the car. I mean, that's what I would do. Uh, all right. So there's some other, well, somewhat good news, uh, and we talk about this from time to time when we're helping people gather signatures for a ballot measure. Uh, we've remarked how easy it is for what we would call the larger big pocket organizations to do this. And this is a group of fast food companies who got together, collected enough signatures to, for now, block Assembly Bill 257. This is the fast food bill. This one's, we've called this one communist too. This was an effort by the state to basically take over the fast food business in California, to have a council set wages and benefits for the fast food workers 
Right. Forget this. what the company wants to do. We're going to tell you what to do, how much to pay, what the time off policies are, the healthcare <laughs> policies are. We're going to dictate how the working conditions are. And uh, people were stunned, but nobody was more stunned than the restaurant groups. So they immediately went out and they were just told by the Secretary of State that they have enough valid signatures to put this on the ballot for the voters to kick it back and um, negate AB 257. Uh, but that won't happen until November of 2024. However, because they qualified for the ballot, this law sits there. It cannot take effect until the people have voted. So there you go. They submitted more than a million signatures. And 712,000 were deemed to be valid. That was enough to put this on the ballot. This is just nothing but the destruction of small businesses. The UC Riverside School of Business said fast food prices would go up as much as 30% if this thing passes to pay for the salaries, right? Yeah. And what would happen is, is the restaurants, which are mostly locally owned, uh, would result in job losses running from 28 to 46,000 and the closure of 1,100 to 1,800 fast food locations across the state. So you're going to put small business owners out of business, and you're going to put the workers out of business. And the, 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 either they're so terribly ignorant or misinformed, or just they're delusional liars. I don't know what. But McDonald's doesn't own the McDonald's in your neighborhood. Burger King doesn't own the Burger King. That's a small business owner most of the time. They buy the property, they build the building, and then they lease the Burger King name. They lease the name. They get the rights to sell Burger King products, but they have to follow all the rules. The restaurant has to look a certain way. The menu has to be followed to a T. The cooking instructions have to be followed very rigorously. And, and so you end up in a Burger King restaurant, but you're not sticking it to Burger King by passing this law or supporting this law to pay well, exorbitant salaries. You're sticking it to a local business owner who's simply going to go out of business. And how many times have we said this? This is not a career job and was never meant to be. But that's the problem we've encountered in the last 10 to 15 years. There were people working there in their 30s, 40s, and 50s who have mortgages and children and are saying, pay me more because I have higher bills. Yeah. That's not the way it works. No. That was always considered a low-skill, low-level job. And that's because fast food companies do well because their product is relatively cheap. In addition to being fast, it's cheap. If you're going to start paying these people $22 an hour and up, that ain't going to be the case anymore when you go to buy a burger. There's no industry. The, indus the industry's gone. If, if the prices aren't cheap, then the, the industry doesn't exist. Because no, nobody goes to McDonald's to pay uh, $28 for lunch. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, the, the Moist Line is returning in two days, so here's your heads up to leave a message. Use the iHeartRadio app. There is a microphone icon that you can use to leave a message for the Johnny Ken Moist Line. Or call the toll-free number at 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Coming up after 3 o'clock, You'll once again have a chance to be a part of an effort to keep a murderer in prison. How many times do we have to do this? But you'll hear the whole sad story. And uh, these people are trying to block the release of a murderer. Coming up right after the news at 3 o'clock. Well, the unbelievable story that unfolded on January 6th in Newport News, Virginia, has a few updates. 
This was when a six-year-old boy shot his teacher. Her name is Abigail Zwerner. She is recovering, thankfully. 25-year-old teacher at Rich Neck Elementary School. The announcement was made by her lawyer that they planned to sue the school district. On that day, over the course of a few hours, three different times, school administration was warned by concerned teachers and employees that the boy had a gun on him at the school and was threatening people, but they could not be bothered. And here is what happened, according to the attorney. The teacher first went to an administrator around 11.15 a.m. on the day of the shooting and said he's threatening to beat up another child. They didn't do anything. An hour later, another teacher went to an administrator and said she had taken it upon herself to search the boy's book bag, but warned, I think he may have slipped the gun into his pocket before he went out for recess. The administrator downplayed the report and said, ah, he has little pockets. Shortly after 1 p.m., another teacher told an administrator that a different student who was crying and fearful said the boy showed him the gun during recess and threatened to shoot him if he told anyone. Again, no action was taken. So they all returned to school. Apparently one thought was, oh, the school day is almost over. Let this play out. And then a fourth employee asked an administrator for permission to search the boy and was denied. Wait out the situation. The school day is almost over, the administrator said to that employee. There is an update in the story from the New York Post. Dr. Ebony Parker, the assistant principal at that school, has resigned. She could not be reached for comment. Well, she and everybody else ought to resign. Everybody uh, in, in, who's involved in this story ought to go. What were I, they just so favorable uh, to the boy and his problems well, that they thought? I, I'm trying to figure this out because it, it's, it, you, it, it used to be not too long ago that we were swinging over into the other direction. In fact, I started looking around for news stories. Oh, you mean stories. the zero tolerance this, stuff? Remember the zero tolerance oh, yeah. craze that went on? Uh, and what I, was it? Some people, what did they bring to school uh, that was considered a weapon? Remember our, all that talk? The nuttiest one I found was, this happened about five years ago in North Carolina, middle school, uh, where a student was suspended for drawing a stick figure holding oh, a gun. Oh, yeah, that was another issue, right? Yeah, 13-year-old boy, and he, he was doing all these different drawings. He had a race car, a tower, and uh, a guy holding a gun because he's a deer hunter. And uh, he, that, he was making these drawings. They, they saw the stick figure holding a gun, and all hell broke loose, and they suspended him. And I remember we had some zero-tolerance cases that were just absurd. The kids were being unfairly punished and stigmatized. And now it's swung over to a kid at six, walks around with a gun. People see it. You have four People walk into the administrator's office and says, he's got a gun, he's got a gun, he's got a gun, he's got a gun. Oh, no. I don't think so. It's okay. And this kid was already on the radar. Remember, he barricaded himself in the classroom and he threatened well, to cut the teacher's face? Yeah. And he was <laughs> a kid. like it came out of nowhere. Whose parents were forced to show up every day to chaperone him through the school day. And this was the first day that neither one of them was there. And look what happened. And on, on top of that, the mom had just bought the gun. Of course, she's claiming she had it locked up and high up on a shelf, which is obviously a total lie. Yeah, the gun was in hey. the woman's closet on a shelf wall over six feet high. and had a trigger lock that required a key. Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. No. no, no, no good one. I mean, everybody just lies like crazy. And I'm, I'm wondering what is... Uh, 
What is the the apathy about? What is the lack of urgency when you hear, especially now, there's so many school shootings going on, right? Uh, and people will will put a school into immediate lockdown. What what's going on? And you see them as sometimes administrators completely passive. I mean, it's certainly that way when there's sexual abuse charges. But now he actually shoots a teacher. And everybody in the administration knew it was coming. It's The parents said that the boy had an acute disability, was under a care plan that included the mother or father attending school with him and accompanying him to class every day, but... Wouldn't you know it, the week of the shooting, uh, they stopped doing that. But they just weren't there with him. They haven't really given a full explanation of that. What is that disability? I know you've got all these privacy rules, but... What, he's an evil murderer? Yeah, how how about since he was walking around with a loaded gun... He's a homicidal maniac? With with, with six-year-olds, and he shot a teacher. Maybe you should reveal what this uh, disability is, because I'm not aware of a disability that causes a six-year-old to bring a loaded gun to to a school and shoot. That's not a disability. How many six-year-olds tell another kid in the schoolyard, yeah, you saw my gun. If you tell anybody, I'll shoot you with it. You can't even imagine that Where situation. do you even get the ability to articulate that thought? I, at six, man, I can barely remember things I was doing at age how, six. How do you know? Trying to remember the first grade, right? How do, yeah, how do you know how to hold the gun? How do you know how to shoot it? How do you know how to hide it? Wow. I think you're right. They were bending over backwards to give this special needs child all of the breaks. And hope that he would straighten up so we didn't want to sit there and constantly search his backpack because he would feel like uh, we didn't trust him. People don't straighten up. If he's got like a a disorder in his brain, right? Some kind of biological problem inside his brain. There is no straightening up out of that. No. You know, he's he's got a severe mental problem that's likely not curable. So you got to keep him away from everybody else. So now they're going to get sued and they should get sued. Apparently, they're making a bigger issue out of this that apparently the school administrators at this particular school district just never listen to the teachers. Whenever they have complaints like this, whether it's discipline or some other problem, they feel like they're just not heard. They're dismissed over and over again. And now we get one that gets shot when the bullet went through her hand and into her chest. Fortunately, it looks like she's going to recover. But And this assistant principal is a doctor? Yes. Has a Ph.D.? And, uh, and she, I guess so. That would be the reason for calling her a doctor, right, Ebony, Dr. Ebony Parker. She doesn't have the, 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 the common sense that if you've got four people saying the kid has a gun, you go get the kid and you isolate him and, 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 you, and, his, and his backpack and his book bag and everything. I, I, I really, I, I'm just astonished. I mean, presumably this woman, Ebony, has a triple-digit IQ, right? As opposed to meet tonight to discuss a separation agreement and a severance package for her. Yeah, wow. Severance package. That poor, that <laughs> uh, poor these people teacher. have contracts, you know. But and, and By the way, the teacher and everybody else, why not gather the students and run out of the class? I mean, if you've got, if you've got students coming up saying, he showed me a gun, don't you, like, clear out the entire class? Don't yeah. you pick up the kid who supposedly has the gun and hold him up in the air? And, and, and take them to the administrator's office and say, I'm clearing out my class. We're all running down the block and hiding until you do something. You really have to take extreme action in the moment. 
You can't just say, oh, Mr. Administrator, you know, I think this kid might have a gun. Oh, no, he doesn't. Okay, I'll just go back to my classroom. Honestly, nobody actually acts when there's a real emergency. People just stand there. Everyone's afraid to offend. About an hour before the shooting, this teacher texted a loved one saying she was really concerned and was frustrated because no one was doing anything about this child who clearly... Needed help and ha- probably had a gun. A text? Get on the intercom system at the school and tell everybody to clear out. I know. Run out in the hallway screaming. You barricade the doors. Go into lockdown. Yeah, run out in the hall and scream. Run out in the hall and scream. And get Except in the They fa- might chase you out there and shoot you, so you got to be careful. But- what are they going to do? Fire you? What have you lost here? All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Well, good news. Uh, very exciting news. Trump is allowed back on Facebook and Instagram, in case you were really <laughs> pining for that. Isn't his truth social working really well? He doesn't need oh, that? Or? He, no, he hardly got anybody on that. I know. In a way, I was kind of rooting for him because I hate those stupid tech conglomerates, stupid Twitter. and. Yeah, I know. Uh, we're going to be talking to, uh, well, somebody who would like to stop the parole of a murderer. This comes up from time to time on the show. Listeners reach out to us and ask for our help. Uh, along with hundreds of residents out in Redland, this group is fighting to keep a man by the name of Damian Guerrero in prison for the murder of a woman by the name of Kelly Bullwinkle. His fourth parole hearing is scheduled for the end of the month. We'll talk about the case. We'll see how you can help. Anytime we can stop a murderers, they shouldn't go together. There should be no parole for murderers. It doesn't happen. In fact, they should be executed. But <laughs> that one's a pretty tough thing to expect. You in can't the state even keep them in jail anymore. That's just it. There's always a reason. And this one's not old. So this is not one of these elder parole things. But anyway, uh, Kelly uh, Bullwinkle uh, died in 2003 at the hands of this man, and we'll learn more about the case and how you can help coming up after the news at 3 o'clock. Plus, her mother, who had fought very hard against this parole, actually passed away in 2014. So She was uh, others, only 54. Yeah, others are taking up the cause for uh, family members to prevent the parole of this uh, horrific murder. This is really bad, too, this murder. This yeah. This is really it's, bad. And sometimes you have to get into the details to get uh, people to understand this yeah. is a dangerous person who does not, should not get his freedom. Uh, you know, from the world of public relations, of course, we all know what happened during the pandemic when they locked down all the schools. The learning loss, which is kind of a mild way of saying it, became the worst in the worst school districts. There were parents in better school districts who were able to hire private tutors or had little garage classrooms in the neighborhood. But the really, really financially less well-off communities, kids suffered because they had no classroom time. They weren't going to do Zoom school. So, you know, a couple of years later, here we had L.A. Unified School District with its flashy new supervisor announcing, I know we can make up some of the learning loss with with a fancy word, acceleration days. That's what we'll do. We'll announce it. We'll get all sorts of media coverage. And we're talking about a few stinking days for a few hours in a classroom. Oh, really? Very few days. Very few days. They just, they did two recently. Uh, We'll go through the attendance. But the El Segundo Times has computed 
that it ends up costing $611 per day per student for this PR move. And, and the strangest thing about this was, well, not strange, but the district pretty much lied about the attendance numbers. Of course they uh, did. They put out, well, all right, near the end of the second acceleration day, this Carvalho character, the superintendent, said attendance 60,000 to 70,000. First day, second day, 50,000 to 60,000. A month later, officials cut the figures in half. And then on Friday, more specific numbers were issued. In all, 36,486 students attended one or both days. And the first day, the number was about 33,000. The second day, down to 26,000. So the total number of school days attended, 58,948, does work out to $611 per school day per student. That is a complete waste of money. And how and I would it, imagine two acceleration days, nobody knew what the hell they were doing. And what, what, you, weren't gonna, you weren't getting your regular teachers. You were, they were off for a year and a half. I know. You get two That's days, why I said this is a PR you, move. And often it wasn't at the same school and it wasn't the same teacher. What no. possibly could be accomplished? I don't know. One parent said, well, you know, she would have been sitting around doing nothing anyway, so why not send her in to learn a little? A little. A little. But this uh, is, my problem isn't with that. My problem is they were trying to patch up the bigger problem with not only the learning loss, but LA Unified's pathetic results anyway with trying to convince the world that well we'll come up with a fancy term acceleration days and that'll help make up all of the problems in the school district when you have the school board and then and then the superintendent and the local politicians and even stupid uh, dippity do newsome they're all terrified of the teachers union and the teachers union was on this jihad they were refusing for a year and a half to go to school for no reason there was, there was no scientific evidence that could change their minds. They simply didn't want to work. They just wanted to lay around in their bathrobes, unwashed, and do this, this half-assed Zoom school that nobody liked. Nobody got anything good out of. The other Criminal. side of this story is, <laughs> this just happened recently, the return of one of the longest, oldest hacks in John and Ken show history. Jackie Goldberg has returned as the school board president. Like and good Lord, did she do a pep talk in this El Segundo Times story. Uh, well, 83% of the kids who showed up were kids that wanted to show up. That tells me they're on to something. And I went to a few schools and I saw good learning going on. Just Holy lying. mackerel. This, in, in some, for some of these classes, only two kids showed up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Carvalho went to one of the classes. And That's why they lied about the attendance they, numbers, yeah. right? They, I mean, obviously some kids signed up who didn't show up. But you can't put that out as an attendance number until you actually count the kids in the classrooms. You well, don't put out the sign-up number. Well, when, you, when they added it all up, less than 9% of the students showed up for even one day. 9%. Right. So over 90% of the kids never showed up to these ridiculous acceleration days because the parents and the kids knew better. They knew this would be a waste of time. Now, this was just some kind of face-saving device so that Carvalho and all these other boneheads that run the L.A. school system would have an answer for reporters. Well, we did have acceleration days, and that uh, resulted in uh, 58,000 days worth of learning. That's very good because I, I had in my head while you were saying that somebody had a debate who just throws out numbers uh -huh, like yeah. that. We sure. implemented acceleration days and we were able to make up a lot of the learning loss. Mm -hmm. 
No. Yeah, because no. people don't do math. Their eyes glaze over when they hear numbers, and they would, wouldn't know that means 90% of the kids never even showed up. The truth is it's all about giving up and moving on. Kids are being passed through now just to get them out of the school and mm -hmm. to say, well, they graduated. There they go. Bye-bye. Have a nice, yeah, compromised well, we succeeded. life. Whatever we have to do to make sure you just get through. Enjoy the uh, fry basket. Don't worry about, you know, and that's just the, what we've been watching the last few years, tearing apart standardized See, testing. Oh, you know, it's, it's racist the, and it's culturally biased. and it's bad, bad, bad. No, none of this matters anymore. The, the bathrobe crowd of teachers, they got theirs. They got the salaries. They got the pension benefits. They got the health care benefits. They have tenure. They can't get fired. They made it. These kids, yeah, they're going to be uh, working in Amazon warehouses, breaking their back or uh, cooking burgers and fries. These teachers don't care. They got theirs. What was the story I saw this morning headline? Some dopey professor at some college who got some airtime was saying that math and math classes, I think he used the term cis-heterocentrist. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, some of the world's greatest technologies and advancements yeah. in science come from a basis in math. I mean, well, though, you know what? And people who buy into his garbage... They're going to fail in life, and people who laugh at it are going to succeed. You know, it, it, you're, you're going to have a wider... It ought to make you angry, though, because this stuff can't catch you, on. You just got to keep your kids out of schools where people talk like that. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we're going to hear the story of what happened to a young lady named Kelly Bullwinkle. She was murdered back in 2003, and... Sadly, we're looking at the parole possibility again for her murderer. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow. Grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.